Hello and welcome to a podcast <laughs> called. No, do, you, do you remember Home Star Runner? Oh yeah. He's always like, "Welcome to a website." <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome to Dimensions of Imagination, the anthology TV podcast, starring Joey and Jackie. Hi. And this is our episode. What episode is this? Fourteen for us. And we are currently doing the Ray Bradbury Theater. And uh, we did our first episode last week of the Ray Bradbury Theater, and this week we're doing uh, an episode called "The Town Where No One Got Off." Or what episode number is this of the series? Um, so this is season one, episode four, um, and it's based on the short story called "The Town Where Nobody Got Off" by Ray Bradbury. So, okay, um, the, yeah, and once again, we're watching this on Peacock in 2021, and it seems like they have the seasons mixed up or something. So just look for it, and I don't think it's under season one on there. I think yeah, it's just look for the title of the episode rather than the. Yeah. Episode number. It's the one with Jeff Goldblum in the thumbnail. So. Um, this was originally released in February uh, on the 22nd. You're okay. <laughs> on You're February. Okay. Sorry. Oh, in February on the 22nd in 1986. Um, like we said, it's written by Ray Bradbury based on one of his screenplays and directed by Dan McBrady, who, when I looked him up, hadn't done anything very significant. It didn't seem like. Um, as Joey mentioned, stars Jeff Goldblum, the Jeff Goldblum, um, at, as Cogswell. Um, and at this point he had already been in some movies like the big chill and Transylvania six, 5,000 and a lot of TV and movie, um, things. And then The Fly would actually be released a few months after this episode in August. Okay. Of and I would say The Fly is the thing that kind of took him to stardom like a well-known actor status mm -hmm. not just that guy that's in those movies yeah he's it's a starring role for him uh which hopefully we're gonna watch this month because we're doing in our personal life we're doing a sci-fi marathon we're watching sci-fi movies yeah. all month we, we did, just uh, finished up our horror movie halloween horror fest 2021 yep vampires versus werewolves werewolves yeah. one <laughs> I don't know what one, but uh, yeah, and then we're going to go on to sci-fi stuff, and I think I have The Fly on the list, because I've never actually seen that. I've seen the very, like the original, like the... The old, old, yeah, the yeah. one it's based on. Yeah, this, this is the Cronenberg version, I believe, and uh, yeah, we're going to watch it at some point in time. Um, also in our episode, we have Ed McNamara, who plays um, the old man, and he was... He didn't have a very long <laughs> screen... What's his name? Ed McNamara. Okay. He was in I the recognized him from yeah. some stuff. He but. was in the Black Stallion. He actually died shortly after this aired in oh. October of 1986. So he this was his last role. He didn't seem that old. But. No, it was his last role before <clears throat> he passed away. And then the salesman on the train, do you know? Did you recognize him? No. Okay, so the salesman on the train is in Goldfinger. Hmm. He plays Felix. Oh. His name is, uh, the actor's name Felix is. Lightner. Yeah, sex, okay. sec, 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 yeah. Lindner, Lind, Linder. Oh, I'm terrible at this tonight. But anyway, he was in Goldfinger and played Felix. I thought that you would think that that's cool because we are yeah. also finishing up our run of James Bond movies. Yeah, we've been watching all the James Bond movies in order for like two years now. So, um, 
And then the so there's an introduction in this one, which we'll get into. Um, that's a little bit longer than the normal intro. And there is um, a train master in it. And he, he his name is Ward Kimball. He was a designer uh, for Disney. He was an animator for Disney. And he designed Jiminy Cricket. Oh. So hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Must have been like some person that Ray Bradbury knew or something. Yeah. And then um, <clears throat> the conductor is Errol Slew. And he was um, in the Swamp Thing miniseries. I don't know oh, if you ever watched that. that. Was filmed here. He played Doctor Demo. Yeah. Okay. Um, we haven't watched that yet, but so it was filmed here in our town of Wilmington, North Carolina. The original Swamp Thing was. Oh, it's it's the miniseries that was on TV. Uh-huh. I mean the the uh, not it's, the most recent one. No, it's uh, the, the, old the older one. one. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Then. So. There was a version that was filmed here in Wilmington. So, so some people who went on to do cool things. Um, yeah. Or recognizable things. Um. So do you want to get into uh, your episode recap? Yeah, I'll do the recap. And I've been thinking about it. I want to like, I'm not going to get as detailed on these recaps because that annoys me when I listen to other podcasts because I'm like, yeah, I watched the thing. You don't have to tell me what I watched, but I just don't want to hit the story beats. And so I'm going to try to do these a little quicker. And having preambled all that, I'll get into it now. Um, so basically, Jeff Goldblum is on a train, and the salesman gets weirdly aggressive with him and is like, you won't get off of this town. And, you know, Jeff Goldblum's like, I think small towns are cool. And so the salesman is like, you seem like a writer, a dirty, filthy writer or something. And uh, so Goldblum takes the dare and gets off the train. And this is sort of the that's sort of the encapsulation of the whole story as a man gets off train in mm-hmm. a small town that he doesn't know. Uh, he wanders around the town. He's treated rudely by the residents. And then there's this old man that's been following around the whole uh, episode. And eventually they have this uh, sort of back and forth and a confrontation in a abandoned warehouse where the old man says he's been waiting for someone to kill and a stranger to get off the train. So no one ever gets off in this town which is where the title comes from. And then Jeff Goldblum says, well, it just so happens that I got off on this t- in this town to try to kill a stranger that I didn't know. And so they're kind of like standoff and you don't really know if one of them has died or not. And then you see both of them separately, Jeff Goldblum's leaving on the train and the old man's back to sitting in the chair at the end of the episode. And that's it. Good synopsis. Pretty, pretty simple premise for this one. Um, Everything builds up to this confrontation in the warehouse, which kind of gets telegraphed to us a little bit because you're like, oh, this guy's kind of acting weird and he wants him to go into this weird abandoned building. This looks like something out of it. Um, well, I didn't like the... F- so three-fourths of the episode is them wa- is Jeff Goldblum walking around this town that's mostly deserted or full of mean people. I just thought that part was way played out mm-hmm. too long. And like you get, okay, this creepy guy is following him. You don't need to do that for 15 of your 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, this actually felt more like a Stephen King short story than a Ray Bradbury short story. I don't know if that's uh, disrespectful to Ray Bradbury or not or whatever, but it felt very Stephen King. He does a lot with like small towns and people acting like they shouldn't act and this mm-hmm. and that. I feel like this one was probably a lot better as a short story and doesn't translate well to uh, the screen Mm -hmm. because a lot of the way that they have to interact one for one thing, even though it's the eighties, it feels like this town is like in the 1800s or something. It doesn't feel like a modern town in any way. Um, And the way that they're acting like uh, this guy getting off the train and it's so weird that he's got off the train and it's like, it feels like that's something that would 
be like not a big deal in the 80s or something you know i don't really know if i'm reading too much into that but you know it's just i don't know it starts off really intense because the salesman guy is just like aggressive towards jeff goldblum's character Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like they know each other and he's like it's the i don't know what it is about like Stephen. i'm gonna say Stephen king a million times when we do this whole (laughs) series but Stephen king and ray bradbury and other writers of their ilk are like They've always got to put something in there about how writers are weird and downtrodden and all this stuff. And they, you know, everything's back to like, I'm a writer. So I'm the character's a writer. And Jeff Goldblum's supposedly a writer. And the salesman guy is like, I can spot a writer from a mile away. You know, you, you're too pie in the sky and mm-hmm. idealistic and all this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I. <laughs> In my own life, I've never once looked at somebody and been like, they're a writer. What a filthy writer. <laughs> you know, it's like, do, do people do people have a problem with writers? Like, I I mean, I guess they're just... Stephen King or, or Ray Bradbury, it seems like they would be like, yeah, writers are the number one hated people in the world. I like, think they're just seen... I don't know. I feel like every writer is portrayed in media to be an alcoholic degenerate, so... I guess so, but that's it, it comes from the writers themselves, it feels like, and I don't know why mm-hmm. that is, but I, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. That's how it feels like a Stephen King story, too, because it's like it harps on that in the beginning. And it's like, well, what is this guy's motivation for being obnoxious to Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. And then Jeff Goldblum gets off on a dare, basically. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, now he gets off. And then, then we just don't have much for him to do. Yeah, he walks around and he encounters a couple people and they're all rude to him. They're And they're not just rude, they're cartoonishly rude to him. Mm-hmm. They're like, as if they have never seen... It's like this, the episode should have been called Everybody Hates Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> because he's just like, they're just like, he's trying to get a Coke out of the machine and she's like, that machine's broken, leave it alone. And it's like, well, he gave you money and he's trying yeah. to, like, what? Why are you so mad? And also... None of these characters act like real human beings, which I think works in the story, probably, because in like a literary sense, they can act mm-hmm. that way. But when you're acting out on screen, like he sees this guy following him and he never says, hey, leave me alone. Buzz right. off. What's the problem? Yeah, he just he, he just kind of lets him follow him. And Well, and he also encounters all these people and doesn't ask. He only asks the first person for at the train station where somewhere he can stay. And then he was walking around town looking for a place to stay. And he doesn't ask anybody, hey, where can I, do you know somewhere I can stay? He just lets them be rude to him. He doesn't ask them anything. Like, And I feel like if somebody was rude to me to that point, I'd be like, why are you being rude? What's your problem? You know? And like, he just kind of ignores it and brushes it off. And it feels like it's just kind of a contrivance for the plot. Yeah. But it leaves me going like, I want to ask these people questions. Why <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. Why, why are they acting like this? Um, and Jeff Goldblum's great in it. Um, he's, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he has an air of like weirdness and creepiness to him anyway. And, um, like his character, it's just, just in general, general the roles oh. he plays, he kind of plays these kind of smarmy characters that are kind of mm-hmm. like mysterious a little bit. And so it kind of fits that he's done that. And the, the old man is good in it. I mean, yeah, it's good performance. Um, but, He's just not giving much to do. And it's like, well, we've dragged this whole 30 minutes out of him just walking. And then we have this showdown between him and the old man, which also feels very literary. It feels Mm -hmm. like if if you read it, the monologues would be, or the, what do you call that? Dialogue. The dialogue between them 
seems like it's like, yeah, uh, if it can't, if I was reading it on the page, it would be like crackle and be mm-hmm. like, ooh, well, ominous, scary. But when they say it, it's kind of like, uh, Jeff Goldblum, just run. Like, yeah, get out of there. Like, why are you letting this dude talk to you this much? It's clear that he wants to do something bad. Yeah. And it's very, it's like not as they're walking through the town together, eventually the old man's going on this long monologue about the dark side of humanity and how you want to hurt somebody and how every person has this dark side of like, if they could kill somebody, they might. And every person has to deal with it. And so it's like, okay. And then he's like, you know, then he reveals the plan of, well, now that I've been waiting forever for 20 years for someone to get off first. And it bothered me that he was like, I've sat at that train station for 20 years. No, you haven't. You've gotten up to go to the bathroom yeah, or like, go eat. eat. You have not sat like, in a chair not, for 20 years. He's not some mystical person or something. Yeah. Um, I think I just don't buy anybody's uh, motivation in this. Like, It's like, okay, this man sat here to wait for someone to murder. Jeff Goldblum has always wanted to see a small town or something like what what are the motivations of these characters don't add up it seems like very hollow and so did you think that so this is what I wanted to discuss with you is that did you think that Jeff Goldblum seriously just coincidentally got off of here to do a murder or do you think he was just so quick thinking to get himself out of the situation that he wanted to stun the man who just said he was going to murder him. So he's like, Oh, well if he's, if I say that I came here to murder him, then I can get out of this. Uh, well I would have believed that Jeff Goldblum was murderous if the old man had been gone or dead or not at the train station, but it's revealed that he's still alive. So I no, I think that Jeff Goldblum made it up to get out of the situation. Right. That's what I thought too. But when I read things online, so many people are like, in the short story, like when they do the analysis of the short story, it's supposed to be that like, oh, what? evil exists. These are the yeah. dark sides of humans. And like you reveal your dark side and oh, it actually, actually even has a dark side. Are. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that that would come across once again more in the story probably. Yeah. But the way it's played, it feels like Jeff Goldblum's just like, oh, I'll pretend like I got a gun in my pocket. And yeah. like if we had had any sort of inkling of like. I feel like when he's sitting on the train, he should have been like, well, I've had dark thoughts before or something to mm-hmm. the salesman. And he, there's no hint that he is anything other than like. Well, there's no hint that he was originally planning to get off at a small town. He got off yeah. on a dare from. Yeah. And it, but all of a sudden it's his life's dream to. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just didn't work. I don't think like the plot doesn't mm-hmm. work. And once again, I think not to harp on that, but I feel like it works better as a story than. No. Yeah. Where people, where the characters don't really have to be real, but when you have it on this mm-hmm. TV show, and I don't know, the score for this is also harsh. And like every time you see the old man, it's like this Halloween, like a wee 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 wee, you know? Yeah. And this like screeching, like like eighties soundtrack of mm-hmm. like it just overpowers the whole episode. I can't remember how the score was in the last one. I think it was that weird 80 cent stuff too, but not yeah. quite as like every single thing that happens is mm-hmm. like punctuated by This it. is also the first season and the other one's like not until season three or four. Okay, yeah. So maybe it had progressed a little bit, but... Um, the intro to this is also much longer than the intro <laughs> to the other one. Yeah, uh, Ray Bradbury just clearly wanted to go to a train station, was like, we're going to a train station. Don't care. We're doing it. 
he, he's in his office and then they have a whole nother bit. Where a whole other bit station. where he's at the train station. And he's like, oh, here comes a story mm-hmm. uh, when the train comes. That was a bit weird. I was yeah. like, why are we prolonging this even more? Well, is he supposed to, to be a character? Because <laughs> I think that they didn't. This is like a 15 minute episode stretched out to half an hour, which is usually yeah. usually it's the opposite. You know, it's like they usually have to cram everything in. But Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I got bored about five minutes into the walking and then realized that I had to pay attention to this because we were doing a podcast about it. So then I was like, oh, I have to pay. I have to like care and not zone out. Well, I started thinking of things like I wanted to know what Jeff Goldblum had done around the time, because like for him to do TV would mean he's not a superstar. He's trying to like develop his brand or whatever, I think. Um, he'd been on a lot of TV, like there was a lot of episodes and okay, things, things in his in, IMDb. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I feel like I was like, okay, I, I get what's going on here. Let's, what's the twist? Come mm-hmm. on, let's hurry up. And I didn't, I didn't guess that was what the twist was going to be, but it wasn't like such a unique twist that I was like, oh my God. Right. I was just kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of clever, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's 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 a little. This one's even though the last episode was like a ridiculous situation, kind of when you look at it, the characters behaved like human beings. You know, they behaved like how they I would mm-hmm. think someone would in real life in the situation. Right. And in this one, it felt more like a play or something. Yeah. Um, also, why if the old man is the only one who is murderous, why is the rest of the town so rude? Like, what was the point of them being so hostile? Well, I don't know Ray Bradbury's like background. I don't know if he comes from a small town. He mentions that in the intro that he's like my small, my town, hometown or whatever. But I don't know if he's like pro. It feels like it was like a pro city, like anti rural community Mm -hmm. thing, like sort of reflecting what the salesman says about how these towns are worthless and nobody would want to live here. And these people are rude. And. Um, it, yeah, it feels like anti-small town propaganda or something like, I, just, oh, I can't wait to get back to New York yeah. City. I just feel like it would have made more sense for the townspeople to be rude in that if it was like like a, t- a community like in the lottery or something like that, mm-hmm. where it ends up being the whole town is yeah, there's a, something behind the whole town. There's a conspiracy from the whole town. But it's just this old man who sits at the They're train just station. like, buzz off, Je- Jeff Goldblum. We hate you. Like... I don't know. Also, he used to put a flare next to the tracks for them to stop. Yeah. Well, like, and what, how did that happen? The guy, the train wouldn't even respond to him. So how does he get a flare put out? Like people are obtuse in this episode to the point of like, I maybe want to yell at them. I'm like, (laughs) why are you not responding to me at all? Like say something. Um, although it is a little bit like aggressive of Jeff Goldblum to tell his, that kid to like is your mom home yeah it's like that's creepy like don't do that and like if you came up to my door when my kid was outside i'd be like yeah I might shut the door in your i would face be too. like yeah. yeah i'm gonna be rude to you too jeff goldblum but do you have any trivia for the episode i was only able to find one thing so when jeff goldblum asks the conductor <clears throat> what the name of the next town is he replies um Erewhon, and that is actually nowhere spelled backwards. Oh, okay. So. Sounds like a Welsh name or something. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Did we know when the story was written? Mm, 
I can look it up really quickly. Yeah, because I feel like that might be. I wonder if it's like early on in his career, Ray Bradbury's career, or later. I'm not sure. Um, um, it's but... I forgot the collection that it's in. Something about it's. But it's called something else, and the the story's called something else, yeah. right? So it's in the um, compilation called Medicine for Melancholy, um, which I cannot find the date for. Um, and so it's a large collection of short stories. Medicine for Melancholy? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's got a lot in here, but yeah, um, it it. I'm I'm trying to find it here. Um, 1959, oh, the medicine okay. for melancholy. So I mean, that fits the vibe of the town. It does. I uh, one thought that I did have watching this was this reminds me of a of a Twilight Zone episode, like. We've mm-hmm. talked about it when we do the Twilight Zone. There's like Rod Serling, uh, what do I call them? Like Rod Serling nostalgic episodes mm-hmm. where he thinks about a simpler time. There's an episode called Walking Distance where the main character goes back in time to his hometown mm-hmm. kind of and is like sh- kind of shocked by by it. It felt like that in a bit, kind of a bit um, where he's walking around this town and it feels very old and like it does. it feels like a town from the 50s. Rather than mm-hmm. a town from the eighties, you know. Yeah. So I, that would make sense that it's kind of... so about that like simpler time, higher morality type of thing. Um. Do I mean? Do you feel like Bradbury is speaking about how even though humanity is dark, has dark thoughts, that supremely they're overall going to not act on them like do you think he's trying to make a comment about the overall like is he optimistic about human morality or uh i don't know because it's hard to tell really the tone of what we're supposed mm-hmm. to take away from this um it it remind that that makes me think of another twilight zone episode where this guy dreams of robbing a bank the whole time mm-hmm. and another character can read people's thoughts and he reads the guy's thoughts and is like oh god he's gonna rob the bank and the guy Turns out, like, spoiler alert for this episode that I don't even know, remember what the name is. Uh, it turns out the guy's like, I just daydreamed that, like, mm-hmm. robbing the bank. I just daydreamed that. It, I, I think it maybe plays to, like, that sense of, like, everybody's thought of, like, just doing something bad to do something bad, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, I think that's part of human nature, I guess, but you don't act on it. Right. Um, I think this is kind of, like, taking that to the one level higher than mm-hmm. that, I guess. But I don't really know. I, I don't know what it's trying to say. I don't hate it. Sounds like I hate it, but I just kind of, yeah. it feels kind of all over the place. And I think it would just be, I think you're right. It just would come off better as a imprint rather than on the screen. Or it didn't, it didn't convert well to the screen. Yeah. And the, the setting's fine. The cinematography's fine. The titles are horrible. The, oh my God. The That's the, the first thing I said was that they were awful. Um, the performances are good other mm-hmm. than. The, the townspeople are just cardboard cutouts of humans, basically, but mm-hmm. not literally, but the yeah, other performances and stuff. Um, so on your scale of 
Jeff Goldblum attractiveness? Where does 1986 <laughs> Jeff Goldblum fall? He's looking pretty good. He's got like the kind of sort of long hair, but sort of mullet going on thing. <laughs> um, you know, no gray hair, which I mean, you have like this era. And then when he gets the gray hair later on, you're like, yeah, he's like, you know, <laughs> even even sexier, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I think this is like right before the height of his powers, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess Jurassic Park is kind of like the peak Goldblum, yeah. but uh, Ian Malcolm. But yeah, this is a young Jeff Goldblum. True. This is this is who I'd be proud to. Tell. Our friend Foddy kind of looks like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I think and I'd be proud to point him to this Jeff Goldblum. This Jeff Goldblum. Like, he doesn't know if that's a, if it's a compliment or not. So y'all should weigh in and let us know if you think being told that you're attractive because you look like Jeff Goldblum is a compliment. Yeah. Or not. Is it a compliment or is it not? You can uh, email us at dimensions, dimensions of, of imagination, imagination at gmail. If you com. can type all that in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have any other things about this episode? I don't think so. Um, do you want to try and do our rating? Yeah, I guess we need to rate it. I want to see what what we wrote, rated the last couple things. I need something to I need to calibrate. There. Do 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 do. I don't know where our document is. Uh, okay. Yay for not being tech savvy. Um, okay, so um, looking at what we've judged things in the past, I didn't hate this, but I didn't really like it that much. What's the lowest I've given something? A two? Yeah, you gave The Fugitive a two. It's not a two. I would say it's like a four. You gave so... You said, uh, based on other ones, like Gather Ye Acorns was a four for you. I think I like that better than this. I would say this is a three then, I guess. Men Against Fire was a three. Uh, 3.5. Can I do <laughs> 3.5 for this one? Sure. Put it in there. Let me write it this time. Yeah. Um, so I think I went with like a six-ish last time. Like around yeah, a six. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, or a five or a six. So I don't know. I'm I don't know that this one was any better or worse than the other one. I think my rating would be about a five. Okay. Like right in the middle. I didn't hate it. The other one had dinosaurs in it. Right. But I mean, anything's it's worth yeah, a point. Right? I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> I'm not trying to talk you into a different rating. You're trying to talk me into a different rating. Well, for sure. I'm just nah. saying. Um, <laughs> I, guess I don't you know. don't like dinosaurs. I do like dinosaurs. Um, I'll go with a 4.5. Okay. Because so, I think I liked it more than you, but... Yeah. 3.5 for me, 4.5 for you. Well, I rated Where Is Everybody as 4.5 too, but I also didn't like that one very much. Yeah. I don't know. I think 4.5 is good. Okay. Yep. So I'm a 3.5, you're a 4.5. Um. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I don't episode? follow us on um Twitter at DOI Podcast. I never post anything, but I'm trying to get better at it. And email us dimensions of imagination at gmail dot com. And then uh, next week we're going to be watching uh the the Velt, which is season three, episode eleven, is the uh, official number of that episode. But like I said, it may be different on the Peacock app, but. Uh, Ray Bradbury's theater 
uh, season three, episode 11, The Velt, which is based on, I think, his probably most famous short story. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that one. I've seen a stage play pr- presentation of this, but I don't have think you, I've... Uh, have you read that short story? Yes, I've, I'd read it in um, one of my like yeah. gifts and talented classes or something. Did you read this short story? I don't remember yeah. reading it, but um, it's not... This one isn't as memorable as The Velt. Mm-hmm. The Velt is very memorable. Okay. Thing. So we'll see how it how he translates that. Um, which I'm kind of excited about. I think it's been adapted a few times mm. um, in some other ways. I, like I said, I saw it as a stage play at some point in time. So, um, I feel like this could have translated to a stage play maybe yeah. a bit better than mm-hmm. the it screen. D- yeah, because the, the the sort of suspension of disbelief of it not being completely real would mm-hmm. be would kind of work. So, there's probably been some stage adaptation of his wor- of his works that it was included in. Okay. Well, I guess that's it, and uh, I guess we out. Bye.